Welcome back to Young Scripted in Black. I'm Maya. I'm Dana. I'm Tiana. And I'm Quinn. This week, we're kicking off holiday season with This Christmas. Before we get into the movie, let's head over to Quinn for the Black History Fact. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Young Scripted in Black. Um, so this week, our fact is on Dr. Daniel Hale Williams. Dr. Daniel Hale Williams was born in Pennsylvania and attended medical school in Chicago, where he received his MD in 1883. He founded the Provident Hospital in Chicago in 1891, the oldest freestanding Black-owned hospital in the United States. Dr. Williams was also the only African-American in a group of 100 charter members of the American College of Surgeons in 1913. Shout out to Dr. Daniel Hale Williams. Now we're head on over to Dana for the criteria of this week's movie. All right. So y'all know how the criteria works. So with that being said, this movie, This Christmas, meets all three of our criteria. Our director is Preston A. Whitmore II. Our writer is also Preston A. Whitmore II. And of course, the movie is star-studded with Regina King, Columbus Short, and Delroy Lindo, just to name a few. Now we'll head over to Tiana to give us the overview of the movie. Thanks, Dana. The, this holiday classic follows the Whitfield siblings, Lisa, Kelly, Quentin, Claude, Melanie, and Michael, played by Regina King, Sharon Leal, Idris Elba, Columbus Short, Lauren London, and Chris Brown, as they return home for their traditional family Christmas celebration with their mother lovingly known as Madeer played by the great Loretta Devine. This film, um, it had a large ensemble cast. Uh, some of the people included Laz Alonzo, who plays Malcolm Moore, Regina's character's husband. You have, as Dana said, Delroy Lindo, who plays Joseph Black, Madeer's love interest. And you have the legend, Makai Pfeiffer, who plays Gerald, um, which is kind of like the neighborhood Santa during the holidays. And he ends up being Kelly, Sharon Lill's love interest. Then you also have some appearances by Keith Robinson, David Banner, Ronnie Warner. And last but not least, um, some real film heads or people who with passions for music would recognize um, Lupe Ontiveros, who plays Rosie, who's like just somebody in the... Um, family helping out. Quinn is already disgusted, but real ones know her as um, the lady who killed Selena um, in the film. What was, I can't remember, me, what was her name in the film? Ready as Yolanda. Yolanda Saldivar, yes. So we don't forget those things. Um, was not a fan and what, seeing her in this film, you know, it brought back a lot of memories. Um, so let's get started. Was this everyone's first time watching the film or is this one that you guys watch on a regular? Um, Dana? So because I picked it, of course, this is not the first time I've seen this film. I actually love this film. I don't know when's the last time I've seen this film. Probably last year, knowing me in the holidays. But um, yeah, I love this film. And the fact that it came out in 2007 just blows my mind. It's actually wild. Um yeah, it's actually crazy because you can tell like people, I don't know, like the glow up is real for a lot of people in this movie. So it's amazing. Um, Quinn? 
No, it's not my first time. Um, I think I watch this movie at least once a year. Um, sometimes upwards of three times, you know, because it's now Christmas season because it's November 1st today. So, yeah. Yes. Um, shout out to my mom. It's her birthday as well. So shout out to her, although she does not know about this podcast. Shout out, Tam. Mm, yeah. Maya. Um, it was not my first time seeing this, though I have not seen it in over a decade. Uh, I remember seeing it when it first came out, and I probably watched it like a couple times when it came on television um, shortly thereafter, a couple years after. But I have not seen this movie in so long. I forgot some some people that were actually even in the film. I was like, oh, damn. Hella forgot. <laughs> right. <laughs> And then for me, um, I've seen this film a lot of times. I as well was shocked that it came out over 13 years ago at this point. Um, it's actually wild. But yeah, um, this is a classic um, film in my family. I watch it probably like once a year. All right, so let's jump into it. We'll start with our pros and we can begin with Maya. Oh, yay. Okay, so... Um, like I just stated, I had actually forgot some of the people that were in this movie. And some of those forgotten people were Delroy and Regina. I just totally forgot. And I was like, I honestly, I, just because I haven't seen it in so long. But I was like, this is such a stacked cast. Um, and the, the looks of approval, of disapproval are already prevalent. It's fine. It's fine. Um, also, I just... Another shout out to Marcus Miller, who does a lot of the Black music, um, and he did this one, and I was really excited um, about Santa Baby. It's really up there with um, All I Want for Christmas is You um, as, like, my um, Christmas tunes. It's I love it. Um, I put a... Pro for the quote of play to your strengths in regarding holiday meals. Um, I think that's something that is very important. And I want everyone to remember if you are that girl or that boy who, you know, likes to experiment around holidays, think again and don't, you know, go to your classic recipes, you know, and, and stick to what you know, even though in this COVID, you know, land you may not be having your big get-togethers like normal but just remember that um another pro is I just really put like it just looks like they had a lot of fun filming this movie just like you could just kind of tell the cast chemistry was there and um it just looked like they had a good time Chris Brown's you know covers you know of all of them he did you know tenderness and um, this Christmas, they are all really good, you know, so I, you know, go him, because I haven't, you know, heard outside of his, like, you know, whatever path he's on now with this music thing is, is not what it could have been, and I think we'll get into that conversation later, um, also just Loretta's, um, I put, Loretta's suspicious looks. Um, I think this was around the scene when um, when Kelly had brought Makai Pfeiffer in or something. I can't remember. But I just love the <laughs> suspicious mother look and just like 
her facial acting is underrated. It's it should be talked about more. Um also put I remember being weak at the baby oil scene as a kid. Um, yes. I, <laughs> like I I was like, oh yeah, this is the movie that has that scene. Like I forgot. Um and also just the warm holiday scenes. It just bought, you know, good feelings to my joy to to this time of of holiday and also you know kind of sadness because I'm not sure what Christmas looks like this year for my family but um just like the the warm scenes between uh Delroy and Idris when they come together at the end so sweet um also put shout out to the ending soul train line and that delroy basically did his same dance from the five bloods um that is now like super gifted memed um and those are my pros all righty dana okay so my first pro was um chris brown's character throughout the movie he was a basically a smart ass little sibling and that was me. Every time my sisters or my brother would bring somebody home, it would be me all over, just having a smart-ass comment to, to everything. So I loved it. It was like seeing myself all over again. I mean, sis, most, um, well, those of us who have, um, who have the opportunity to be the oldest, we don't know what it feels like to be messy as the youngest child. We, we can't do that. <laughs> I love you preaching up here, Quinn. Yeah. Sorry. I loved it, so it didn't matter to me. Um, also, another pro that I feel real deep in my spirit is siblings can always smell a effed up or BS in a relationship, even when they're older siblings or just other siblings do not see it. So it's just kind of like a spidey sense siblings have. So I, I love that that was like a main plot for this movie because you could tell Kelly does, did not feel um, Regina's husband at all and she knew something was off she just didn't know what and she started picking things up as she um as the movie went on another thing that I loved and every time this movie comes on I just fall in love with it again is that Morehouse mission statement monologue that um old old girl's boyfriend had said and they even commented like oh that sounds like that's the mission statement he's like it is but that's also another reason why I went to that school so shout out to all HBCUs that, you know, just shows a lot of a lot of love to our students, including ourselves, as well as just educating the masses on the importance of them. Um, another pro that I had, and I'm pretty sure everybody has experienced this, is that cousin or family member that you haven't seen in years. And then when like in this movie, it was Quentin, but when he came home, everybody was watching him eat, asking him questions, telling stories, whole nine yards. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so real. That happens to us all the time. So it was good to see that scene, like just acted out live. Cause I mean, I know, I, I can't remember what year it was, but it was like, my brother was home from college and he came home and I was like super excited. Like I wouldn't let him leave my site because I was just like, I just haven't seen you. I can't wait for you to tell me all your adventures. This feels like um, me every time I go to my dad's side of the family. <laughs> they basically sit there and watch me eat. They mm -hmm. watch me sit. Um, they watch me think. Um, 
and I feel weird when I'm ready to get the fuck because everybody is watching me. It's like they're wait. I don't know. They wait on you. So yes, it is very annoying as someone who's had it done to them, Dana. Oh, again, I can't relate. Well, I guess I could on my dad's side, but at the same time, I just don't let it bother me. So um, another pro, I had put this in two different sentences, but I might as well just make it one thing here was Regina King just in general her body beautiful her weave in this movie just beautiful like everything Regina was it in this movie okay and it's hard for me to visualize her as being the uneducated one in the family because she was just so well put together such a a good wife and just she doesn't come off as the dumb sibling so I just I thought she played her role very well and she held her own in this role as well. So overall, I just love this movie. I honestly think it should be, and I, I know it won't be, but it should just be an American Christmas story classic, just like we do with any of like the Home Alones or a Christmas story or anything like that. But I know white people don't stand for black Christmas movies like we do, but I just wish they would because this is a great one. And that was all my pros. All righty, Quinn. So, um, yeah, my first thing I wrote in capital letters with four exclamation points was soundtrack. Um, I just love, first off, music speaks to me and in a lot of things, like in a lot of different arenas, if it's, if the music doesn't pull me in, I'm most likely not even going to like stay there. Like when it comes to church, the choir in it can't go. Um, most movies, if the soundtrack don't hit right, I kind of hate it. So yeah, um, shout out to the soundtrack. Um, Chris Brown being Chris Brown, sing those songs. Also, Anthony Hamilton was was put on there. Um, you know, I love a good R&B situation. Um, the next thing I wrote with five exclamation points was Regina and Loretta. Um, we already know that I stand Loretta Devine. Um, this is a Loretta Devine stand account. Um, but what you might not know is this is also a Regina stand account, whether it's Regina King or Regina Hall. Um, I stand with both of them. Regina King gave us grace and looks in this movie. Honestly, th this was a, just a, a you know, I love a beautiful cast. You know, when you got a good, a cast of good looking people. My next thing I wrote was David Banner. It was just weakening to me that David Banner was on the screen. Um, it takes me out. Because I, I automatically go to Cadillacs on 22s. Ain't did it in my life to stay true. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. A tune. Cadillacs yeah. on 22s. Yeah. Ain't ain't did nothing in my life to stay true. true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, boys. Yeah. Mississippi. These bees. Pray to the Lord for these Mississippi streets. Yeah. Yes, I yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I also said that this movie is one of the, like, not even just, like, um, Christmas movie, but one of the movies that I feel gives like a true depiction of a nigga family with nigga problems. Because, um, you know, sometimes they over-exaggerate a lot of the things that they put in Black films featuring Black families. But I feel like this was just like, it wasn't something that was unusual because we all got one sibling that might think they're better, or one person in the family that might, that everybody think they think better than everybody. We all have that one sibling who felt like she need to blame it on everybody else that she decided to be a housewife. Well, sis, okay. Um, we also got that um, that folks' grandma don't had 
a boyfriend that they didn't want nobody they know they were their boyfriend. <laughs> so I can't relate to the not wanting people to know part. And then it's like it's like this movie really gave us realistic um characters, you know, not saying other movies don't give us that, but this one gave us realism without being over exaggerated. And the problems that they had, like, oh, I just want to see my family because AWOL, literally, I, I thought about, I went to a thought of my cousin, um, he's like a distant, distant cousin, but you know, black people, a cousin is a cousin. Um, my cousin, when his grandmother died, like, he could not come to her funeral because the military was like, no. Um, and his grandmother was basically his mother. So, like, that was a whole problem. And that white woman, but I'm gonna talk about her later. But, um, yeah, I also said I love a Soul Train line. And you see, they gave us two of them, one with the characters as, as the characters, one with the characters as themselves. I love that. Um, and I said, I also just love to see a movie where there's a kid's table and the food is passed around. Because, you know, that's real life. Um, I had to sit at the kid's table till I was roughly 12 years old. Um, so um, I understand. And, you know, sometimes the kid's table is not even in the room with the adults because I be trying to be nosy. Um, I was that nosy child. If you said it around me, it was going to get said to somebody else. Most likely my grandma. And then everybody was going to know because they, you know, the grandma's going to talk. So um, I just, I just love the depiction of niggerdom that they gave us. Um, and for the most part, I think, I think that's me. Alrighty. And y'all pretty much touched on everything. Um, but I will repeat the things near and dear to my heart. Um, King Loretta, King Regina. Also, shout out to Nunu in her film Prime. Like, you know, she had a few classics back to back to back. Um, So shout out to her. Um, You know, shout out to Kelly as well. I never, I didn't see her in much, you know, other than, you know, the TPS films. So I was watching, I was like, wow, you know, I mean, she wasn't giving me bad acting. She couldn't even, maybe she deserved more. Well, your shout out to Nunu reminded me of one other thing I had on my form. Um, I also said a shout out to Cece. Um, you, um, Curtis was supposed to love me. Curtis was hey. supposed to love me. Cece, you with them too? Um, <laughs> oh, that's man. how you know you're really sitting here watching too many movies when you just know people as the character that they are. I don't care who else he play, he will always be CC to me because that's who he is. And Nunu will always be Nunu. And I forgot, oh girl, um, that plays Kelly was also in that. Dang. Yes, yeah, she was the one who came in. Look. All them nails off. Yeah. She was like the. Hi. Hold on, hold on, wait, Miss Effie yeah. White. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's such a great I don't take no tone from no second rate diva. Shout out to Jennifer Hudson and, um, Shout out to Laurel as well. Laurel was great. Anika Noni Rose. Okay. Um, I also put the, well, ho, ho, ho. That always, you know, used to make me laugh as well. Kind of like the uh, the baby oil scene when Nunu said that to Sharon Leo's character. Um, that was funny. And also my final thing is just, I miss like stacked, like ensemble cast in black films that were just like light and fun. You know, like, I miss that. Um, I don't know. I guess back then also, you know, these people are still up and coming. So that was probably one thing why they were able to get them all. But um, just shout out to that. I miss those days. 
Oh, and then one more thing, you know, Sam McCaw Pfeiffer, I don't know, his smile just makes you smile. He just see like such a warm, just a warm being. So just shout out to him. I was also very excited to see him on the screen. And he was also one of my like older man crushes that like when I was younger, I was like, yes, yes Makai is it. Quinn. Speaking of smiles, um, I just wanted to note that the the teeth on the characters in this movie across across the board um the dental was just top tier i mean i know when i know you when, when you got money you can do what you want with your teeth because you can afford it um but it's just like their teeth were just so nice across the board and i noticed that i don't know if anybody else did but you know as tiana and maya talked about people's smiles um and things being things that turn them on and off um i think they would have noticed it as well Alrighty, and so now we can move on to the cons. And I guess I'll start this time. Um, as I mentioned, you know, yuck, sing, um, Mrs. Saldivar um, in this film. Literally, the first thing I wrote down, that's that helper that kills Selena, and I'll never let it go. And that's exactly what I said. Never. And I don't. I honestly don't think I realized that she was in it when I was a child. Clearly, but. Um, yeah, now I'm just like, oh, shame on you. Won't let it go. You killed her, and you thought we were supposed to forget. Um, nope. You will always be Yolanda, the killer. Yeah. Um, next thing was, so as Dana said, you know, everything really holds up in this film um, as far as, like, uh, wardrobe and hair. Like, it was good for, like, the, it was really good for the air. But the first time Regina King's child comes on the screen and she's sitting on that couch, I just wanted to know who was doing her hair. I mean, it was just a little, you know, it's just a little, little wild, but I was like, you know, she's a child, but you know, still but every other time it was cute. This nobody was doing her hair. It was yeah. evident that that wasn't a question. The question should have been, why wasn't anybody doing the child's hair? Not who, cause nobody was doing it. I also, you know, just seeing my girl Regina continue to serve this man chopping up cutting up his steak or his chicken whatever it was warming it up um where was the reciprocation then at no point did I see him doing anything for her and then he had to ner the nerve to, who turns the king away in the bed I was insulted um that was actually one of my cons as well um I just you know it's like I want my girl to get out of this slavery you know um <laughs> sis oh my goodness it was so hard to watch it's like oh girl you don't have to do this yeah it was it was bad to watch um and then my final thing for my con um chris brown's acting like we said he was great for the soundtrack but the acting was blowing me um but that wraps up my con so let's move on over to dana okay so i had a few cons too um, my first con, which was a concept itself, um, is the whole, the things Black people do to keep appearances. So, I mean, clearly Regina King's marriage was on the rocks. She knew it. Everybody else knew it, but had to keep face. The mom and Joe staying in the house together, the whole family knew it, but Quentin had to keep face. Like the things that Black people do just to make sure that they're not, you know, causing any issues 
or just want to make sure that everything is copacetic. It's a lot and it's very toxic. And I want all of us Black folks to not continue to do that. Okay. Another con, I think we'll touch on this later on too a little bit more, is that I didn't like the fact that they were having a family argument in front of non-family members. So the boyfriend was there while they were discussing selling the cleaners. The husband was there. I mean, he has a little bit more stake in the game because he's actually established, but Nunu, this is your third, fourth boyfriend. He definitely does not have any place at this table. Actually, that young man was a part of a lot of things he shouldn't have been a part of. Like, he had to run out the club with the family. Okay. I mean, part of the argument at the Christmas tree thing, like, come on now. There was just a lot going on. Um, another kind for me was the fact that when Quentin got there, you know, they talked about the piano in the garage. But when Quentin got there, he uncovered the piano and started to play. And it was in tune. So you want me to believe that a piano that has been in the garage for four years is still in tune. You, you want me to believe, oh, okay, was not a fan of that because it's just like, you have winters, you have springs, you have summers, and it's in the garage, not being tuned. Did, did they make a comment that it wasn't in tune? But like, are you saying that it sounded in tune even though they said it wasn't in tune? Okay, got you. Yep, so, I mean, not one key was flat or sharp. <laughs> like, they all sound like, it was just playing a regular piano. They couldn't go to the Goodwill and find a piano. They could have found something to make it seem more um, more believable. And then finally, I kind of want to get somebody's opinion on this, but um, we already talked about Chris Brown's acting, but his singing during Try a Little Tenderness. Was he lip singing or not? Because I mean, I see him in concert and there have been times where it seems like he's lip singing and he wasn't. So I'm curious in this film if it's one of those things that mm, he looks like he's lip singing but he just really can sing that effortless what y'all think i'm i'm sure it was a lip sync um okay because it was just the over exaggeration of the lips and the, um the way he held his mouth you can just tell that those sounds weren't coming out at that time of course he did sing it but of course, of course yeah that that not not when they were recording I'm sure, I'm sure that wasn't him. Oh, okay. And, you know, just for the musically inclined people, what makes it so difficult to do, like, a lip sync? Like, why can't you just sing it like you normally would? Like, you know, what, like, why is there such a dramatic, you know, production? I don't know, because I personally know that I cannot lip sync. I, like I would have to if I was to ever be in a movie or in something and I had to do that I would have to be trained to do it um like of course I can stand in a choir and do a watermelon alligator whatnot but that's when it's a group of people and me but if you got me front and center and you want me to like actually try and sing along without actually singing I can't do it like even if I was in a movie, I would have to sing and they had to like mute my mind. I was going to ask, why Why yeah. can't people do that? Why isn't that, that more mean. of a thing where people just actually sing and then just mute it and then just use the the track? Like, what's the problem? QTNA. But sometimes when people are doing that, I feel like, oh, maybe they are, you know, just singing it and then being muted. But then like, it looks like sometimes they try too hard. 
which I think, if I remember correctly, we, we talked about Dreamgirls um, earlier. I think they all, that's how it looked the way it did, because they sang it. And it was like, during the movie, it looked like they were singing. Like, you couldn't yeah, look they, they were at believable. them and say, this is a bad lip sync. Yeah, I think so, too, when, when you're singing something that you've sung in the past. It's probably one of those things that if I'm singing it with the mic on mute or whatever the case may be, I might have done a run when I recorded it that I'm not necessarily doing it now. Or it's just the fact that when you're lip singing and especially if you're performing, you might be running out of breath. So the last thing you want to do is take a breath somewhere where you didn't. I don't know. That's just my guess. But I think it has something to do with the performing and breathing portion of it that those people are so but yeah t that was all my cons all righty um quinn did you have any i too want to just reiterate regina you don't have to do this you didn't have to do that <laughs> you can let the man go i mean you already said you was running the books for the um for the um the the dry cleaners. So, sis, you might not have the degree, but you you got some some experience doing something. Let it go. I know it's hard, but let it go. Any of our listeners in situations similar, let it go. Let him or her go. Let them go. Um. Also, um, that ho 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 scene. It really takes me every time. It was so hilarious, but it was like, damn, wow, so sad. Um. Also, my friends will know this reference but i wrote this in stop in um in capital letters with like seven exclamation points stop stealing um so i just wanted to put that out there um stop stealing um also i said f uncle sam i'm sick of he even though he has put in a good amount of my life um yeah he has funded half of my life but i'm sick of he you always got to make shit terrible. You got this man, AWOL, and then snatching them back up to go take him out to fight your war. Woo! I hate it. Also, why that man was staying with her but only had one being a clothes? What was that? You, you living off of one being a clothes? Where's everything at? Like, how you really staying in this house? Is you not bathing? I feel like those were his clothes that were hanging up in the closet, not the ones in the drawer. Maybe. <laughs> Some had to be something because. That one being, uh-uh. And also, um, I said, now, if I was to bring anybody home, um, it's not even like a rule that's a rule anymore because I'm grown, but Loretta, you want to say nothing about Nunu and that boy sleeping in the same room? Because I know had it been my family, a question would have been raised because she was still in college at the time, but I'm big grown now. But, um, no, and not, that's not me saying that's okay for them to be like doing this, but I know that a question would have been raised, like, "Oh, y'all go sleep in the same room? Oh, I made up the guest room for you." Quinn, that's oh, uh, not true though, because like they're over here hiding in the pantry to just kiss, but they sleep in the same bedroom. Hmm, weird. I also, yeah, yeah, I also wanted to point out um, when Idris started playing the piano. Um, there was confusion because his hands weren't moving anywhere. They stayed in the same spots, okay? So what song were you playing? Because it definitely wasn't that one. <laughs> so, um, sir, 
you could have gave me a little more effort. So, yeah, um, that's really it for me. Um, honest, oh, except for I forgot, like David Banner and his counterpart, um, dude. It was just a little lackluster for me. Um, you could have stayed where you were. Um, so yeah, there's that. Yeah, there were good um, gangsters because they were riding in cars with them, being part of the family dinner, not being like pressed up on them or of anything. They already know this man only had forty dollars. And you up here landing the house with still draws on. You right. up here with your like it, it just it didn't make sense. They weren't really good at collecting their things. And you mean to tell me Delroy Lindo scared you? In in this character of Delroy scared you? Right. But that's it for me, T. Alrighty. Um. Maya, um, one of my cons, I was just like, oh, what a promising career that Chris Brown threw away. Um, that was one of the first things, not first things, but because it was pretty deep in there. Um, because like he was at a place where, um, you know, his acting wasn't terrible. You know, I've seen far worse. I've seen far worse from musical acts, you know. Um, and this one, this con, it doesn't really apply because, um, but I still kept it on there um, because at first I thought when they were first meeting up, I thought it was actual Christmas. And I was like, uh, they were like, okay, we, you know, we eating at 6 p.m. And I was like, that's a late ass Christmas day dinner. But I didn't think it really applies because it wasn't actually Christmas day. But I still kept it in there because the point still stands. Um, I put, ooh, woo, awkward sibling rivalries so awkward I was very triggered um <laughs> just being around a family that had a lot of tension and um between siblings and it is never fun to be like a second uh what's a, just just be a witness to that um I just put Malcolm you know just less than less than less than just you know him as a person, a concept, and as an organization. Um, and then I already touched on the slavery of Regina. Um, and those are all my cons, really. That's all I had. All righty. Um, that wraps up that section. So let's move into our question. Um, first one up. Would you guys let your in-laws get involved in like family business issues, troubles? My I'll concern? start. Yeah, um, I would say no. Um, I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing. Um, so something like, uh, unless I like, I don't know, I've been watching Fargo. So I'm thinking of like, um, if I'm in that kind of business, like uh, um, <laughs> a mob situation and we have, you know, I feel like that's different. You, your, your in-laws have to be involved kind of because they know what's going on. Um, so from that standpoint, maybe, but if we're not in any kind of like, you know, instance like that, if it's just like a family business, like a cleaner's you don't need to have any say on what's going on over here um, unless you're actively hired on like you are a part of this which I don't think he was right he wasn't an employee or any kind of affiliate okay just wanted to be sure 
I think, um, but in that, um, on that same note, his wife was the one that was keeping the books. Um, so there was more of an effect on him than any of the siblings that did nothing um, at all. But I also think um, when it comes to like marriages and things of that nature, if it's like a husband wife and you've been, like, I've been married to you for 20 years and oh, my family's been running this business for this long and you've been around for that long. It's hard for me to say like, oh, you don't have nothing to say because you've been there throughout the time. I think it, it like depends on the relationship because a lot of like, like parents and they're in like son-in-laws and daughter-in-laws, they might be closer to them than they are to some of their kids. So it's just like, I think it depends on like the relationship. So I can't say like no say, but I can't say you gonna have the most say. I think it's intention. Like, what is your intention? You know, uh, if do people even like you enough for you to have all this say? I think it just depends on certain things. Um, Dana, do you have anything? Yeah, I would say um, no. You don't have a say. Like, yes, it's a little bit different because you are married into the family. But honestly, if it's a family business and you're not doing anything for the family business then no. I, I don't, like, you don't get a vote. You don't get a vote. But it's still like, it's in like my head. head. You don't you're get to set the table either. Business, but you are our family. But you're not blood. And the only thing you're doing is married to a member who is blood and actually doing something for the business. Like, no. You, you don't get a say. So, I mean, and I say that as somebody who, like, my dad has a business now. Yeah, as somebody who is, like my dad, he has a business. Um, just because I'm marrying Lo doesn't mean all of a sudden Lo has a say in the family business. If Lo isn't doing nothing for the family business and I'm keeping the books of my dad's business, he doesn't all of a sudden have a vote. That that just doesn't make sense to me. So, I don't know. I, just don't, I, I don't agree with in-laws or anybody or, you know, future sons and daughters of the family having a say unless they're doing something for the business itself. And then even then, my dad would have to give them shares to have a vote. So if y'all have a shared bank account and the decision on this business is going to dramatically affect the bank account that y'all share, is that not my money being affected as well? Well, I'm a strong proponent of having your own bank account, whether you're married or not. So um, if my my family business is my business, it's going into my bank account. I think so. I don't think, and if we have a, you know, an issue in which our shared resources is there's an issue, we can have a conversation about if I need to pull some of my money from my personal bank account into that shared, but if that's not the case, then um, yeah, we don't really need to have a conversation, honestly. Like I think for like three of us, like part part of this conversation will be moot anyway because the conversation of marriage is a little far out there. Um, but for one of us, because they're currently engaged, I think it's just like in my mind, it's harder to make a concrete, linear yes no. But Queen, you know me very well, and you know things are very black and white with me. It's either 
is one in one bucket or not in one bucket. And let me tell you something. That's something that's very black and white to me. Like, if all of a sudden my dad owns, you know, this portion of land, and all of a sudden you're keeping it up, you're doing something, okay, then that's when we need to talk about where your sh shares are. And I'm very much a, hey, we'll sign this portion over to you of my share so that you have a vote, a seat at the table. But other than that, if I feel like you don't deserve, you don't deserve. I'm pretty, I'm pretty black and white on that. Alrighty, well, you guys can hear we have some strong opinions on that family business um, side of things when it comes to putting our partners into it. Um, the next question, could you live in a different city and or have like a different room in the house that you would live in? Like you feel like you can go sleep in sometimes. Um, with your spouse, if that makes sense. So like you either have separate, could you handle like having like separate rooms at home or living in different cities of your partner? Um, oh, um, Maya's mouth is open. So I will let her go. <laughs> oh. So for me, I've done the long distance relationship before. Um, and it's not for me simply because um, I am a proponent of all love languages being important for me, but the top rated ones for me are touch and quality time. I'm my friends know I'm a toucher and <laughs> they hate it. Beady beady. <laughs> but it's very special. It's it's very you know important for me and those and the person I was with, their top two was quality time and touch as well so it's just a situation that you know I wouldn't go into again um and as far as like separate rooms I'm an advocate for that as well I think people need their space you know you grow well for me I grew up in a home where I had my own bedroom I shared a room for the first time when I got to college um, my freshman year and it was literally one year we shared a room and then we kind of progressively then we started sharing just the bathroom in sophomore year then junior year senior year we had totally we shared just the kitchen and the common space right so for me I've always been a person that ha has had separate living quarters so I don't agree with the principle like the concept of like now all of a sudden because I'm in love I have to share a room for the rest of my life, like essentially like 50 plus years. I don't, I think I'm, I'm very like, I can, I like sharing rooms, you know, like, oh, you know, I can go and, you know, we can spend the night together, but I also definitely can see a benefit of having a separate room where you're just like, all right, I'm going to go be over here a little bit it's no beef nothing going on just little little space well, that's 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 how I feel about things I would say for me if I haven't seen the separate room same house function before so I don't know how it would work personally for me I probably wouldn't be against it if I had to do it because I am somebody who loves my bed I love every aspect of my bed. And that's one of the things I'm going to struggle with with marriage is the fact that when I get hot, I roll to the cold side of the bed. And if there's somebody there, there is no cold side. It's just all hot. 
okay? Um, my love language is not physical touch. It is definitely um, quality time and acts of service. So I love sharing spaces with people, um, but I do not necessarily need to touch nor talk to you. So as far as um, living in a different city than my spouse or partner, I, I'm okay, like right now, being engaged and being in a different city than my partner. Now, five hours is a little long. I would prefer it to be four or less because um, that fifth hour really makes a difference. But I'm honestly okay because FaceTime fulfills that quality time for me. So I, 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 I don't know. Like I'm, I'm okay being in separate cities. However, then there's a whole nother level of trust that has to go on when you're in separate cities. But then when it comes to actually being in a home together, the whole sharing a room is just automatic because that's what I'm used to, accustomed to. But I don't think I will be against separate bedrooms because I know plenty of people who do have separate bedrooms. Like I'm, I'm going to be completely transparent, listeners. I snore, okay? My friends will tell you. Your girl is a snorer, okay? And um, if my fiance said, hey girl, I can't take it. You're gonna have to have your own bedroom. I'd be like, okay, I understand. I won't fight. I'll be cool. But his love language is physical touch. So he needs his like toe touching me. And I'm just like, God damn it. But hey, who am I? But yeah, I'm, I'm open to either one. I was going to say just an additional thought with the long distance thing. Something that's also key is that you can't be broke and be in a long distance relationship. You cannot like, because you have to be able to see that's flights, you know, automatic. You, if you get a specific like cadence down of how often you want to see your partner that goes into your monthly budget, essentially, like it's another expense of of tra transportation especially in this country where we don't have like a lot of cheap like cheap efficient options of traveling um like if you were in like a europe i imagine it's easy you know you just hop on a quick train to another damn country and you good you know but here you know the most feasible um depending on how far the distance is so for me it was like 12 plus hour car drive, not efficient, you know, but it's a two hour flight. And so that's going to be the most efficient. But when you go into like a hub to hub, uh, major cities, that's going to cost you probably 200 plus each time, you know? So that's another thought with like those like distance, long distance, like relationships. That was a good way to put it. Quinn, what are your thoughts? I think um, this is another thing that plays into um, a lot of the, um, mind, like the mindset that I currently have and what is currently lined up. Um, and I don't foresee marriage in the foreseeable future, if at all. So um, me even worrying about being in the room or living in a room with somebody, it'll probably be, it'll be a, definitely a no. Um, I've never had to share a bed. I've shared a room almost my whole life but um i don't like um like even going on trips with friends i don't like sleeping in the bed with anybody because i don't like to be touched um and that's like most people know like i don't like a hug i don't like you know i don't like to be touched at all um 
when we're talking about love languages, even though it doesn't matter at this point for me, mine is definitely acts of service. And you can do that without being near me at all. So um, I don't need for you to touch me or be, be near me. So I we can have separate rooms. If I get to that place, we definitely will have separate rooms. So yeah, that's what I see. I mean, yeah, same. You know, I did never even thought about this concept until I was old. A lot of things I didn't think about until I was older. Um, I just assumed all marriages had to be a certain way. Um, that could be for a variety of reasons. But I definitely am a proponent of having separate rooms because I like my space. I and I am very easily irritated by people. And so, it, you know, in order to prevent me from getting like very annoyed and the person doesn't even know why I'm so annoyed at them and it's really not their fault. I just need to be able to go, you know, go into another room and lay down by myself with my thoughts. And I think, you know, and it's not something I would have to do every night. I just needed to be there just in case. Um, so, yeah. All right. And then, okay, let's go to the next question. So, you know, Kelly's was Kelly's character. Yeah. She um, was no one's cook. Uh, so my question is, did you, do you, well, do you all have someone in your family that um, can only bring ice and like bottled drinks to family functions? So my sister said, hey, I'm going to make Thanksgiving dinner. And we told her no. And she was like, okay, well, I'll make the salad. Sis dropped the salad. So she is that person. Yes, I'm talking about you, sis. I know you'll listen to this later and come from my neck. But she is that person. So yes, of course I have one person and that's her. Well, um, out of any family that I would celebrate or have celebrated um, a holiday with, whether that's my actual, my family, um, my God family, or my best friend's family that I go with a lot, everyone knows their place and their role. Um, and luckily, my grandma, all three of her kids can, can cook, so like all of them can bring something. Um, my brothers, I wouldn't trust them to bring anything. Um, it's not that they, I mean, you haven't proven a track record of um, being able to cook anything that doesn't come out of a microwave. So, um, yeah, like, we don't have, it's not like a designated person, like, we know that they cannot cook. It's just people we haven't seen cook, so um, they know not to. You don't come around on important integral days thinking you're going to do something you don't usually do. Wow, that is a word, Quinn. That's the key. People who come, because for me... We don't have, we, well, there are people that shouldn't, that they shout only bring ice and drinks, but they choose to bring dishes anyways. And um, I don't, I just don't like that. I like people to be very self-aware. And if your, um, your little dish that you bring is pretty full at the end of the night, to me, you should think, hmm, wonder why. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like I, in my family, there are a couple people who should not be bringing 
dishes, but they continuously do. So, um, you know, you just, I just kind of have to, you know, move accordingly, which is um, ask around, you know, I do a little whisper to about one or two people who, you know, man the kitchen. What did so-and-so make? Okay, good to know. You know, that's how I am. I think my family is more along the lines of uh, like Quinn. Uh, everyone pretty knows, pretty much knows where, you know, their strengths are and they don't too much overdo it. You know, we had to kind of revise how our holidays look as my um, my great aunt, she's kind of gotten older and she doesn't do all the cooking anymore. It's been the last few years, more of like a potluck kind of situation. Um, but people, people pretty much know, you know, okay, not gonna dabble into a baking bag if that's not that's not me you know so all righty and then my final question is so you saw columbus short character um he went awol for the woman he loved you know risk it all pretty much so my question is would any of you risk jail time for someone you love jail slash prison time pick your poison um yeah no all right and let me follow that up no as well so um, <laughs> I don't think it'd be a risk for me um because the only time it would be even a oh I would even think about something you have to already be dead so um there's that if you're not dead it's a no for me so I'm gonna go against the grain and say the only person I would probably go to jail for is a child. Um, I thought we were talking about spouses. I thought she just said anybody. Oh, well, I said someone you. I said for someone you love. Someone right? you love. So okay, I mean, people love kids. People can love kids. Okay, yeah. my bad. Yeah, so I would say a child. I don't know if I can necessarily. And I'm sorry, Bay. I don't know if I can necessarily do it for a partner. You know, I just, I don't know what you could do that will make me just say, yep, jail time for me, you know, but a child, a child, yes, probably a child of mine, not just anybody's child, a child of mine. I think if, you know, again, I've been watching Fargo, so, um, you know, they were in a, a couple, they were, they had did some shit together. And, you know, I'm like, I mean, obviously, um, that's a different situation. If we both, I feel like, did some shit together, I don't, that looks different, I guess. I don't know. I'm like, mm. Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, that's. Queen and Slam. Mm. Now, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's different, you know. I don't know. It may the it, the it may be not as cut and dry as a as a no if it was because how my guilt works with some shit that if I did some stuff and I just let it fall on someone I, uh, that wouldn't sit right with me. So it would look different, you know, if I was involved in an act. Now if there's some shit that somebody did, I ain't had nothing to do. I ain't know. That's different. 
I'm not no. going down for no shit like that. I never claim to be a writer. I ain't going Ooh. down for nothing because we're not going to do nothing together. If you're the type of nigga that, that or the type of, the type of negret or negrer that wants to bring drama and the law around, mm-mm. I, I, you don't need to be around I mean, me. We'll take the queen and slim example. Like, that was not something that they were trying to, you know, that was something Granted, that was only happened. Well, you know, since I haven't seen the movie, well, I don't know what you're talking about. As to why this came up, but... <laughs> Same Quinn. I have no clue. I have no clue. Oh, Quinn don't either. He's so. <laughs> I thought y'all y'all know the premise of the movie. I just know something happened. I don't know what happened. I know. Same. <laughs> I don't know if people die, if they go to jail, or what happens. You don't have to tell me either. But yeah, I'm weak. But just like with Quinn's point of view is like, if you gonna bring like that kind of like drama around like sometimes you're just thrown into it and you don't have a choice and it's just like a matter of choices what do you do from there my thing is know your partner so like I should know them they should also know me so you if you with me and you at a place where you don't you need to know at that point you should know oh if I am someone who will ride out or who will, you know, go to jail for you, then you would know that by now. Um, if you're at the point where you're um, committing crimes around me, or you know what I'm saying? That's just my opinion. So my thing is, you gonna do that shit around me, I I don't see how you get your feelings hurt by what I decide to do or how I decide to proceed. Um, that's just how I, I feel. mean, honestly, at this point, the I- only type of, type of jail that would even be... Um, something that I would end up in would be some white collar, um, tax evasion, white people type um, situations. And I haven't done it yet, but who knows how much money I make long-term. Might wanna evade some taxes, who knows? Never know. I feel like people also underestimate how hard it is to never spend one night in jail. Like it is, like people get put in jail for anything. Like it's hard to not ever get a night in jail. It really is. Um, but all right, let's move to the next question. Dana, I think you had one. Yep. Okay. So my question, of course, has to do with the film. Um, would your family accept a partner of a different race? And let's add sex to that too. Um, I- oh, go ahead, Quinn. I just felt like I needed to jump in because um <laughs> My uncle decided that after his first child, he was going to um, dip and dabble in the whites. So um, his girlfriend, um, first off, let me, let me just start this off by saying, um, if you're going to dip and dabble, make sure there's something worth dipping and dabbling for because Ooh, it's... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because everybody ha- everybody's worth quote unquote is different. But I but don't be don't be dibbling and dabbling with Peter Griffin. Um or yeah. dibbling and dabbling with um, <laughs> like the like like do something do better. So we judged him not because she was white, but because she was ugly as hell. Um and I don't think like my grandmother 
have so I'm I'm from a younger family. Most people, most like black people know what that means. Like my family's younger. The oldest person in my family, like that might still be living, is in their late 70s. So um it's like it's easier to bring home a different um a person of a different sex, I think, than a person of a different race for my family. Um but that's just what it is. I think it would be less of a, a talk if you brought home you know a, diff- a person of a different sex. I'm sitting here thinking about it. And I honestly agree 100%. Now, on my biological father's side, I don't know what they believe. I'm just thinking about the people that I kick it with on a rig when I go home. Uh, I definitely believe because all my life, nobody ever told me who to date. But I mean, of course, people had like their, you know, problematic ways or you know basically um who child homophobic tendencies when it came to you know like saying what you you should who you should have should have date but when I think about what they've said to the people like my cousins and stuff they've made it more clear that they prefer you to bring home a black person versus whatever sex the person is now granted I'm sure there will be an uproar you know if some of the boys in my family brought home somebody of the same sex and whatever but um I agree with you Quinn I definitely think the race is a big is a big one yeah um it's definitely a big one for my family so my mom is a little bit more accepting but my dad not so much um I did and when I lived in Iowa had a white boyfriend my mom met him she liked him a lot but we skipped the whole dad part we just kind of just didn't do the whole handshake. Luckily, my dad was always out of town for work, so she never he never met him. But yeah, I, I don't think, yeah, I, I don't think it would have went over well with my dad. However, my family always thought if anybody is going to marry white, it will be Dana. Um, don't know if that was a compliment or an insult, but <laughs> that was the joke of the family was um Dana's probably gonna marry somebody white she lived in New Hampshire she lived in Iowa she's high strong she's stubborn and black men won't take that so she'll probably marry a white person and I was like wow Hmm." I hate that whole thing like I've heard somebody somebody has said that to me like you have too much I don't know if they said too much mouth but just the way that you feel like you know marriages or long-time partnerships would be ain't no black man gonna take that like you you're probably gonna end up with somebody white or somebody bisexual or somebody whatever because they feel like no no black man no manly quote-unquote man or whatever the fuck that means would handle my ideals which is so stupid it is crazy I agree with you Um, Because it just seems like, well, Black men are these masculine beings. So having someone who is just a little bit high, stronger, or stronger from a female perspective, Black men are not going to take that. They won't be able to, to, you know, have a handle on a woman like that. So therefore, you'll probably have to marry a white man who will let you walk all over them. And I'm like, that is the line, that walk all over thing. I'm I'm just like, walk all over them. I'm like, if a black man is afraid of me making them better then they can move on but I I think I'm deserving and could love whoever I want to love you know and it just so happens to be a black man so my family um I was gonna say 
we have um few no not few yeah i have a few biracial cousins um and uh their mothers of asian descent and very accepted you know they've you know my cousin's two years younger than me so they've been in the family obviously a long time um and my cousin he's i think he has a proclivity for for white women um again uh i i've talked to you know i i think my family would definitely look more funny at the sets rather than race um for yeah like uh there's definitely a few people in my family that i would you know call homophobic so um oh for sure yeah Yeah, so i'm thinking race is gonna be less of an issue than sex with my um just um honestly that probably applies to both sides but i don't yeah i don't know about those people like that but like just thinking of like my mom's side and who i spend christmas with and stuff holidays i think it would definitely be like a i mean like my mom she's (laughs) i had a you know moment where i was dating outside of my race and you know my mom she would make she like oh you know um you know, you're you're being really open and uh, I was like yeah you know just seeing I guess and um and she she was just like well you know whatever makes you happy and so you know she was actually I don't know if that's just in uh in theory just because these were not people I brought home these are just people that you know date for a little bit whatever whatever uh so i don't know how true that statement would be in practice if i was to bring home i don't you know my mom she's very opinionated and lets it be known so who knows what would happen i probably would be in a situation like columbus short as well (laughs) i don't know (laughs) yeah i honestly I, i don't know I don't, but I'm, I don't care though. That's the, I just don't care. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely don't care at this point in my life. Um, me either. Yeah. But so I'm sure, you know, people talk shit. I'm sure people will say things to me and then also behind my back, but whatever. I'm the only one paying these bills. Sadly, I wish someone else was, but they're not. So there's that. Um, yeah. So that wraps up our question sex segment. I think, Dana, um, did you have one more? Did y'all want to do the Chris Farm one or no? Oh, we could talk about it. Oh, because I referenced it earlier. Okay. So the final question I had, and we'll make this a quick one. Um, this is a debate on the internet quite often, but do y'all think, not his acting, but do y'all think Chris Brown would be considered a legend when he is done with his career? Um, and I'll go first. It's a toss up because before everything that happened with Rihanna and he got the whole um, the whole Cali vibe stuck up his butt, Chris Brown was definitely on a just clean cut career, very 
very similar to the Beyonce's and Michael Jackson's of the world. Like, you know, maybe dabble into the naughty, but not quite full-fledged in, you know? Um, but after that whole Rihanna situation, he had to clean up and then he still, he went to Cali and kind of just became a Cali nigga. It was like, he's just a completely different man. So can he sing? Yes. Can he dance? Yes. Does he have timeless records? Yes. Will he be a legend? I'm not sure. I think that one is up for debate. I think um it's a no to me just because like um if he had continued to make music that was in line with his debut and the couple that went after you know maybe granted I did not listen to that um 45 song album whatever that was whatever coke binge he was on when he did that I didn't listen to it um and from what I've heard just like little songs every now and then um from i don't know whatever social media i'm on not impressed um i don't i mean he has a couple like does he still have like little tunes what was that one um something about him being in heat that was a little tune you know but it was like some something, something got me in heat you know what i'm talking about okay that no but um I just think, like, for me, personally, um, he doesn't give me legend. He just gives me, like, uh, what's it called? Um, A fault. Like, I don't know. But his potential was detrimentally impacted by his fuck-ups. And I think it could have been... I mean, he does, he has talent, you know, whatever, but I don't think it's anything that's at a legendary status at all. But shout um, out to yo. For me, I'll say, I'll say yes. I, I think Chris Brown still will, is a legend. I mean, what, I mean, because I'm just thinking of my childhood, you know, he gave, no four albums that I don't listen to him anymore I don't like Maya said the 40s plus song albums I don't do those but the self-titled the fame the exclusive album the graffiti album I mean I would definitely graffiti really yeah there were there were a few there were a few tunes on there um that did a lot that did a lot like radio play and that was like big on 106 and parks and all those things yeah um but I I would give it to him just based off of what I mean he did a lot it was time I think he probably could have been I feel like he was set up to be the 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 star like the star and then you know his actions and whatever the shit he had going on really took over but even before then I still think he's a legend I mean the thing about legends um there's a wide spectrum of them you know what I'm saying? Um, some are like legend, legendary, and some are just legends. And I think I think he's a legend. I do. I do. I don't listen um, to that. Just a couple quick questions. So what songs are you thinking of off of graffiti? Just <laughs> Transform- I'm, truly, I'm truly curious. Transform your uh-huh. ran numbers 
Um, yeah, I'm looking yeah, at it. Chance for you. I hate it. Crawl also ran numbers. Which one? Crawl. Oh, I used to love that song because I knew it was about Rihanna. I used to <laughs> love that song though. Those are the and two. Was it for your love? Head. It definitely wasn't for your love. That was a bonus track. I definitely went to that graffiti House of Blues tour he did. I called it his apology tour because all his tickets were twenty five dollars yeah. for the um, House <laughs> of Blues, and I thought it and bought it myself all in the House of Blues in Boston. I'm weak, but yeah, that's that's just that's my opinion. I'm gonna um say um I also think like right now he, he's not I don't think I would classify him just currently but just going off of just thinking um any song that Chris Brown is featured on by any other artist right now is going to run numbers Chris Brown has yet to be featured on a song in the last 10 years that did not run numbers um in the last year um a good number of the number one hits were songs featuring Chris Brown um, he may not be able to put out albums that are hits like he used to, but he puts out singles. Um, and I think he will make it there someday because he, like, think even after the incident, um, he has transcended um, people. Like, he, for him to have come back with the kids the way that he, he hits with the kids the way he hit with us when he first hit the hit the ground. So it's like I don't know what he do with the kids, but I agree. I am honestly, I don't know how I I guess just goes to our society probably. But I don't know how he still was able to, like you said, become like the feature king, like you know, like at a time, like not little nobody did it like Lil Wayne did in like 08. But like, you know, he like he was like the feature person and, I, and still like put out all these albums, still had all these people work with him. Like that to me, um, I don't, I don't, I don't understand how that happened. I guess I can't understand how that happened. Society. Because but, men. Yeah, society. But because, because um, like also just thinking like with TikTok and everything, he has one of the biggest TikTok dances to hit TikTok. Yeah, that go crazy is still running the TikTok waves. I'm, not, I'm saying like with with the kids, the kids be out here on the dance. So like that, they're helping keep him alive as well. So it's just like. He will. Uh, I don't know anything about that. Like right now, I don't think I would say he is a like exactly a legend, but he's 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 a legend in the making. Like, um, we always I think we always have these conversations about um, like artists of our generation that would make it to that status because you know most of the ones we classify as le- as legends were artists of our so like the the artists who I classify as legends are artists from my grandmama's generation. Yeah. Um, like. But it's also hard because my mama and my generation, <laughs> damn near the same one. So um, it's like, it's harder. But I think he might be one of the few who could come from our generation. It might not be something that we think should be warranted after everything that happened. But he's held on. And I think he might make it there. Yeah, I think you make valid points. And for the ones that don't listen to his 45 track list albums, I majority of times when I get albums from artists, I normally listen to them in order. That's the one, those are the one albums I do not listen to in order ever. I literally just put that bad boy on shuffle and come back to them. I might listen to 10 songs here, 10 songs there, but he does have quite a few bops on there. He has one with like Juvenile and whatnot 
that's kind of give you back that ass up. Me, well, like. Tiana already knows that um, I will play that No Guidance, and that came from one of those um, long <laughs> albums. Um, but I don't know songs from those albums for real. Um, but that that No Guidance, is just it, it just does something to me. I don't know why. Um, but I, I can't tell you any other song off of that album there because I don't just listen. <laughs> but um, if Excuse Me Miss came on the radio waves, I'm not going to say I would turn it off. Okay. But it's something about on, on that long album, like Emerald, I think it's called like an Emerald Burgundy song that really is a bop that's not radio played, but it just really, it moves me like the beat and everything. So yeah, that was all my questions, T. Alrighty. I think we'll toss it over to Maya now. Hey, let's get into classic or nah. We'll start with Quinn. Classic or no? Mm, classic. Mm, classic. Okay. Mm, classic. Mm, three. Okay. A classic. Dana. A classic. Okay. And for me, I'll call it a classic as well. Great. Okay. Hall of Flame. Any inductions this week? She felt oh so strongly about. Stop stealing. You can throw Regina King's husband in there. Yeah, trash, garbage. All right, let's move on to the last segment. What'd you watch? Um, so I'll start. As um, Halloween just passed yesterday, um, I watched His House, which was a Netflix original, I think. Um, but Wound Me from Lovecraft Country, she played Ruby, was in this film, and it was so good. It was scary. Um, I jumped a few times, um, but it was also like a really good story. Like it had a good plot. Um, so I was impressed um, and I am excited to see more from that director. Um, apparently he's supposed to be like, a new Ari Aster or something. So um, excited to see that, more from them. Um, I started one-on-one this week and I really forgot how funny that show was. Like, like I was cackling at some of these episodes. So shout out to Kyla Pratt. And I saw her daughter was uh, Penny Proud, which is so cute for Halloween. Shout out to her. Um, I think that's all I oh I've been watching Supermarket Sweep on Sunday nights with Leslie Jones that hosts and she's so good at hosting and um she's funny she was (laughs) it was this white couple and um they were talking about how they have like 80 spices or 100 spices between them and she was like oh y'all don't know how happy I'm I'm um I am to hear white people got seasonings like it's just funny they let her do say whatever on, on ABC um but yeah that's that's pretty much what I've been watching that's you know black or blackish um speaking of which I watched one episode of them um and anyone else? Yes, yeah, so um, I watched The Inevitable Defeat of Mr. and Pete. Um, I don't know if you, any of you have watched that. That um, It has Jennifer Hudson and um, she plays a crackhead mom. 
and it has two little boys who really run the like they're the main characters it's um a young black boy and a young asian boy but it has um who i was in there let me see i can tell you um but jennifer hudson plays a crackhead mom um mr and pete and the two main character boys i don't think they've been in much else but um it's one named skylin brooks and ethan dyson but you also have um Jordan Sparks played a small role in here. Anthony Macklin, Jeffrey Wright, um, you know, a bunch of other like bigger names. They played smaller roles in here. Is this uh, what is animated? Um, no, it's it's a um, it's it's a it's a drama. It's a, but Jennifer Hudson played a good crackhead. Okay, she was grand. Um, but I've watched this movie before. You can watch it if you have Tubi. I know it's on there. Um, and I also watched. Um, sister act two back in the habit um just because i felt the need um and my speaking of the supermarket sweep i've been watching it as well and not only is she, she the host i think leslie is also the executive producer um shout out to black people at the table yeah so she's the reason they brought it back and i'm pretty sure hmm. they did a marketing ploy and that's why they put the old supermarket sweep on netflix as soon as they did yeah so you can get back in the in the mood yeah, because I was like, yeah, that had to be, honestly, when they put it on Netflix, that was the first time I'd ever seen Supermarket Sweep. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't see it growing up. And so watching it, I was like, oh my God, this is a fire-ass show. And I actually, I'm going to go on it, bruh. No, like shows like Supermarket Sweep and um, what is that? Not not Will of Fortune, but um, Price the, um, right. the Price is Right. Those are the reasons mm. that I'm so good at pricing things. And um, I know the grocery store because me and my grandma used to watch these shows, um, like heavy. Mm. Um, but I do plan on watching a couple of um, of the Halloween teams that I did get to watch. Um, it was that um, the was it Vampires in Brooklyn? It's um, not, oh, not yeah. deep. The uh, Vampire in the Bronx, or is, is that the name of it? The Netflix movie. Yeah, Vampire in the Bronx. Yeah. I want to watch that one um, before time is out. But now it's time for me to pull out my Christmas bag. Um, so it is Christmas time because Thanksgiving movies, well, first off, we're celebrating the massacre of people, but I'm going to eat. Um, but yeah, um, it's a lot of movies that are black, but aren't really black to our standards because white people love to direct and write things and put us in them. Um, so like one of my faves, I will be trying to find The Preacher's Wife because I have to see Whitney sing a couple of songs. Help is on yeah. the way. Mm. That's actually one of my... Um... It's on my list to watch this year so I can no longer be shamed. So, watch for the first time. That's correct. Diana, did you watch anything black this week? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, something I've started but haven't finished. I will give my review probably next week when we watch our next movie. But um, something I started was Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. To see the Boosie interview. Oh my God. Woo. I've <laughs> listened to a few of his podcasts. Um, yeah, I want to watch. Interesting. I've been hearing quite a few things about it. So I'm really excited. I actually saw that he had some with my fave, Eminem. He hot boxed with him. Um, Benzino. So y'all know I'm a loving hip hop fan. So I have quite a few hot boxing with Mike Tyson to watch, but I 
caught a glimpse of it and plan on watching it after I'm done talking to y'all. Um, oh, I was going to say, Dana, I watched the one with Waka Flocka. So ooh. that was interesting to say the least. I'm so. excited. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. And I'm like the little bit that I've seen, it's just, it's amazing to see Mike Tyson in this place. You know, just knowing this man from biting people's ears off to and abusing women to giving niggas advice. <laughs> like, wow, therapy, powerful. Um, another show that's not completely black, but I feel like I want our listeners to join in in watching me and watching it with me is The Bachelorette. Um, currently watching The Bachelorette right now with this 39-year-old white woman who is in love with this ex-NFL black man. Um, it's just, <laughs> I just, not my brand. I just, I it, think it's the wrong not my brand of trash TV. <laughs> it's the wrong podcast. Uh, <laughs> no matter how many nigga men want to go in there and compete for that white woman. Woo! Because I do know a couple of nigga men on there and one of them is very close friends with some of my friends from law school. So like, I know, really? I know these people. I mean, really? I don't know why nigger men like to fight for white women, but that's another conversation for another podcast. Whew. All I know is it's just been a very interesting season. And um, I think it's about to wrap up already. And there's a black woman that's supposed to come in shortly after her. So I will keep y'all posted on when the black woman comes on. Okay. But it has been a, um, a season. It's only been three episodes. <laughs> um, and then finally, of course, girlfriends i finished season four last week i'm on season five currently um joan has done the absolute most and has professed her love to william she's over here playing spider woman or turban insect in his house and basically they've kissed now at this point um so that was this has been very interesting so i'm very interested to see where they're their relationship goes. Tony is a horrible pregnant woman. Um, Lynn is Lynn. She's just, I don't know. I'm working on my relationship with Lynn. And then Maya, I just stand for her. She just makes sense. She's just a black woman really just trying to make it, trying to be an author. Oh, makes sense. <laughs> like, I mean, like, she just, I don't know. It seems like she, she gets it. Like, I'm struggling. But I have all the tools to be successful, but y'all won't let me be successful. So, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying girlfriend. So that's it for me. And Tiana, um, for me, I started Sister Act. Um, so I'll finish that today. And I also watched that On the Rocks movie with um Marlon Wayans and Rashida Jones. Um, I forget that I still have Apple Plus a little you know year free so I was like oh what's on here oh and, you fancy sis yeah I don't know why I have a year free but I do <laughs> so I was like oh let's see what's on here and um yeah so I watched that um it was a little slow for me I'm not gonna lie I finished it but it was just a little slow it also had B- Bill Murray um but yeah that's that's what I watched so okay well 
riveting conversation as always guys but we are on our way to close quinn is there something um th- that just made me think when tiana brought up the on the rocks movie y'all know like tiffany haddish has been um like hosting ellen for like the last few eps yeah i want to say that i think that hosting for her works decently um but i wouldn't have known anything about that movie until because marlon was on the episode um, and he talked about um, that movie and how, like, he never hired Tiffany Haddish for anything because he felt like she was immature and she needed to grow up. Um, but yeah, it just made me think, like, what all, like, what happened to all, like, the black, like, like TV hosts? Because you know, like, you, you said we had Oprah at the time, we had Montel, Tyra had a stint, yuck. Um, Steve Harvey. Yeah, Steve. Har- they just think Arsenio. Yeah, yeah. but uh, Chihuahua Who was, was great. It didn't last long, but that was great. He um, had a resurgence, like he did come back, but the, it was, the, the comeback years. was it was it was and it for long? Yeah. Oh, that y'all know the Dave Chappelle. I don't know if y'all watched Dave yeah, Chappelle. Yeah, just hit. I know it's on. Yeah, Dave. just hit. I used to just it creep was on, in on it. My parents used to work watch but it. I think no. a lot of things that we reviewed already. So they brought school like school days back to Netflix. They brought it back. Woo. Um, woo. woo is yes. Now on Netflix. <laughs> just saw that. But that game is now on Netflix as well. Um, and they got a, a bunch of black things coming that are new to Netflix. So, so y'all be on the lookout. Follow Strongback Lee, see what y'all can get, um, listeners, because they'll let you know what, what's black and coming. True. All right. Um, with that being said, Tiana has a pick for next week. So she'll announce and then Quinn will wrap us on up. All righty. Yes. Our last film for the year will be. Friday after next. Um, it's the 2002 Christmas comedy. So we will be watching that and reviewing it for you guys next week. All right, you guys, um, we've come to the end of another episode. We thank you for tuning in. Um, as always, I want you to stay up, stay blessed. Um, you know, just continue to thrive or attempt to in this wacky ass world. For those of you, um, I don't know if you get this episode before Tuesday. But if you do, please take your ass out there and vote on the motherfucking polls. And I had to put some strong words with that one because this is not a game, okay? This is not a drill. D-Day is here. Um, Y-O-T? V-O-T. Vote. Get out there and vote. For most people, it's already a little too late for most, I know for Alabama, early voting and everything and even your um, absentee ballots that has to be requested by the 29th um, so it's a little late for that so you might need to go stand in those lines on Tuesday whether it's early or whether it's late as long as you get there before they close they have to allow you to vote they can't tell you no so um, make sure you get there get there before the closing time and you will be able to vote um, remember it's not about who we want it's about who we need at this point because none of us want what's up there but take what you need so <laughs> go out and vote. Guys, we thank you. We love you. And we will see you next week for our final episode of the year. Bye. These thoughts are our own and do not reflect any opinions of any organizations we may be a part of. <laughs>